Hi, thanks for tuning in again to Fruitful Homemaker. On this episode, I will be talking to Kristen Federley, who is an elder's wife and mom of five girls at our church. She has been a great um, mentor and friend of mine since moving to Arkansas, and she is going to share um, about hospitality, what it is, what our heart attitude should be, and giving lots of practical advice for overcoming a lot of obstacles that uh, we can face while being hospitable to others. So I hope this is an encouragement to you and enjoy. So what is hospitality and why is it important for the Christian to be hospitable to others? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, First of all, um, I've been so blessed and encouraged and admonished as I've studied the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. trying to delve into this and just, and really know what hospitality is. And if I, we could just walk away with one thing today, it would be that people would be encouraged to see that hospitality is fruitful and beneficial, mm-hmm. good work to walk in that really brings joy and blessing. So. I hope that that's the goal of what I want. I don't want anyone to feel this heavy burden of another thing to add to your to-do list, but it is a beautiful thing that that scripture commands, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So the definition, as I looked, which was was kind of surprised me a little bit. I may have heard it, but it didn't really register till this week. The Greek word used for hospitality, philoxenia, um, can be defined as lover of strangers. That's actually a definition of hospitality, lover of strangers. So you could think of hospitality as being defined as reaching out to people we don't know and opening our lives and our homes to them. So that is one way. And you know that you could even just be hospitable at church. You can see someone new coming into your fellowship and loving strangers by going and greeting them and having a hospitable heart even in your church home. Um, I read a book a while back actually, and I pulled it back out to review called The Gospel Comes with the House Key. Mm-hmm. And it's by uh, Rosaria Butterfield. And she says, hospitality is not entertainment or showing off what you know how to do well. It is living a transparent Christian life before a watching world. So I think we just have to recalibrate our minds to think about what hospitality is versus what entertaining is in in the culture that we see it today. Um, But hospitality isn't just loving strangers. It can be a crucial element of building community within our churches. Um, It fosters opportunities to exercise love and service for one another as we share our life and our home and our resources with others. One of the blogs I read this week in preparing had a pithy little statement. I'll try to give you the links if you want to share them later. um, It said, the goal of entertaining can often be to impress guests Mm -hmm. and spend time with the people we enjoy. Mm -hmm. That's entertaining. But the goal of hospitality is to bless our guests and spend time with those God has placed around us. So just... I think that helps us as we move forward and try and cultivate that in our heart, that we're seeking to bless those around us and those people that God brings in our path. So thinking about what is biblical hospitality, what it's not, and then what are the benefits of it? We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, Biblical hospitality reflects God's character and the gospel. So 
God welcomes us into his family. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a great cost to himself. It's costly mm-hmm. to us to extend hospitality. Salvation itself is a divine hospitality to strangers. That's what bringing, Christ brings us in. We are strangers to him. We don't deserve any his free offer of salvation. When we extend hospitality, we reflect the same love and openness that God has for people. And so it can be a mirroring of the gospel when we, when we um, do it from a heart um, seeking to honor the Lord. It's really kind of a, the fruit of the Spirit has to be evident in our life because sometimes when we are welcoming people, God grants that joy um, that we have, even when it might be inconvenient for us Mm -hmm. or um, puts us out of our comfort zone even. Um, He helps us to serve with glad and generous hearts. And so it's kind of a supernatural work of the Spirit in our heart as as we seek to show biblical hospitality. And then just thinking about the, the the second greatest commandment, the first is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know that one. The second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so hospitality is really a tangible way to bring people into our home and to love them as ourselves. So that's that's some of the biblical uh, definitions of hospitality. Um, but hospitality is not something to boast in, to become a master of, and to become good and well-known and impress others. Um, it's not just another guilt-producing heavy yoke to add to your list, um, but rather it's just an opportunity of loving those that God puts in your path. Thinking, I've taught, to the, taught the children at our church recently about Pharisees quite a bit, and coming to the passage, um, leading up to the passage where Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Right before that, he's rebuking the Pharisees for placing so much of the yoke upon Mm -hmm. the people. And so his burden is light. So if we are are, um, burdened down by it, then we're probably not living it out, empowered by the Spirit to, to show hospitality. So I just wanted everyone to keep that in mind as we... Um, talk about hospitality. I hope we're all encouraged to take baby steps of growth and cultivate leading a hospitable spirit. And it's going to look for everyone. It's going to look different for everyone. In fact, five years from now, I'm sure what I'm doing will look different. Five years ago, it looked different for me. So to compare is one of the hindrances we'll talk about later. Um, but some of the path, a couple verses is, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone but especially to those who are of the household of faith. And Ephesians 2.11 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So some of the benefits that we can see um, for practicing ordinary and regular hospitality is that it can be a tool in our own hearts to cultivate spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. One of those areas is putting off self. You have selfishness because in order to serve others, you're having to deny yourself something, whether it's leisure time or just whatever sacrifices you have to make. It's also um, a benefit is that it cultivates community. It, You know, I know when you move to a new community, it's just hard work to, mm-hmm. to, to be known and to know others. And hospitality is one of those areas that you can uh, use, a tool you can use to cultivate a community with other people. And then 
one of the burdens that I have, one of the benefits I see is that it carries the torch to the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, I have been blessed to be in the homes of many people that I have learned from. In fact, much of what I practice is just mirroring what I've seen other people mm -hmm. do. And so as I want to be faithful to my generation to carry that torch um, to the next generation so that that spirit of hospitality is maintained and carried through. And I, I have five daughters, and so this is a great opportunity for me to equip them and model in front of them and include them so that one day that they may be able to help their own homes be hospitable as well. And then um, if you're like me, I mean, I have... I have a lot of things I can grow in and um, I mean, housework, always trying to master, come up with new organizations, things like that. It's mm -hmm. never going to arrive in those departments. But I've noticed um, as I've had ministry opportunities at church or in other places, hospitality is the one that overlaps with serving my family the most because mm -hmm. mainly what I'm doing is I'm preparing my home for guests, which mm -hmm. tidying up and I'm preparing a good meal. And so those works are blessings to my families as, as well. So mm -hmm. it's like this, it's a ministry opportunity that benefits not only your family, but also extends to others. So I've always looked at it as just one of those ministries that also is a great service to my family as well. And then as we practice it regularly, we sharpen our skills mm -hmm. and it becomes easier. We talk about it later, but I... I rarely don't make new recipes um, for company. I stick with the good old standbys mm -hmm. until our family becomes sick of them. <laughs> and then I have to come up with something else. Um, but it's just, it's just, it's ordinary. It's mm -hmm. nothing impressive. It's just trying to just find something that works in order to serve the people around. And so those are some of the benefits I can see. That's one thing about our church that we we just moved down here a year ago and people have been so the families have been so warm and welcoming to us and we've been shown just such great hospi hospitality with meals being brought over and being invited being invited to people's homes for dinners and care groups and it's just such a loving atmosphere and it seems like that's just such a big part of our family is mm -hmm. being hospitable to others, seeing where the need is and feeling it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've been just extremely blessed to learn from you and many of the other women at church of how should we be hospitable to others. And recently, you know, I'm a mom, I have three young kids. And so it's very easy for me at church to just kind of duck my head down and just focus on them. And, you know, someone comes, comes up to me to talk with them. But I recently felt burdened that I really need to be hospitable to others and talking with them, having a conversation with someone that I don't know mm -hmm. and really reaching out to those that are strangers to me, but that are coming to the church and, um, and so it's been our goal. I'll tell the kids, like, let's find one person that we don't know and let's go introduce ourselves. Because when we came, it was like this overflow of love and acceptance of just, like, oh, you're visiting, you want to move down? Like, you know, would you like to come over? How long are you here for? And all of that. And just that love has been like nothing we've ever felt before. Mm -hmm. And so that's been something that, I've had to work on is 
even at the groceries, you can do that at the grocery store or when you're out and about. It's just being friendly to others. That's also being hospitable. That's showing love to others. And so that's one thing that we have tried to work on. But it's really good. Um, so with the topic of hospitality, where do we find that in scripture? Yeah, that's um, this was another thing that kind of was good to study for me, good reminders this week. But when I looked more deeply about hospitality in scripture, um, I realized, and I may have known this, but this was a good reminder that hospitality is not listed as a spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. It's actually listed as a command. And um, though some people are definitely more gifted than mm-hmm. others at serving or hosting, um, all Christians are commanded to have hospitable hearts. Um, it's maybe categorized in the same way as loving other people, mm-hmm. being hospitable. So here are some a few of the verses. In First Timothy, um, we know that there's the qualification for um, the church to take care of a widow is that mm-hmm. she would have been characterized by showing mm-hmm. hospitality. So that means that that would be something that would be honoring God throughout her life, that she would be characterized by that. In Titus, it lists uh, hospitality, being hospitable, as one of the qualifications for an elder. Mm -hmm. Um, In Romans 12, it says to contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. In 1 Peter 4, we learn how to steward God's grace. Um, It says, above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So these are just some of the passages. Hebrews 13 says, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. And then in the Old Testament, we have a lot of examples where, or even commands to treat the foreigners kindly. That's what some commands you see. In Luke, Jesus says that we should invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. And although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And then in Matthew 25, he says, For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, and feed you, or thirsty, and give you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Mm-hmm. So we can take comfort that just showing kindness to others is, is also it's a way to um, do it unto the Lord. Is it yeah. him you're serving? I like in... First Peter, mm-hmm. and you mentioned four, mm-hmm. um, eight, and nine. But it's, uh, in verse nine, it says, "Show hospitality to one another without grumbling." And so that's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you had mentioned before. It goes. It flows so well with taking care of your home. So it's the cleaning up, and you're making a meal, and all of that. But it's it takes sacrifice to open your home, your time, like you said, leisurely time, and so doing it without grumbling is something that you have to think about. And I know with my children, it can be like, it can be hard for them to mm-hmm. help me, you know, make a meal and to, to grumble about it. And just mm-hmm. this is, I could be 
you know, building my box or I could do this or mm-hmm. we could be resting. And, you know, we want to show love to others. And so we have said that you know, we want to do this without grumbling. The Lord tells us to not grumble and complain, but it's something that I also have to check in my heart as mm-hmm. well and, and know that this is a service that we're doing to show the Lord's love for others. And this is a good thing. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, after you have the conversations and the meal, you're tired, but you feel so, um, just you have that love in you and that mm-hmm. fellowship with others is so uplifting mm-hmm. that you never, or at least I have never regretted hosting me, others. Me, me either. It's like at the beginning, you think, oh, this is a lot and mm-hmm. all that. But at the end of the day, it was like, wow, we need to do that more often. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it can be so encouraging mm-hmm. to show hospitality to others. All right, our next question is, how can we have our children help when having guests over? Yeah, so like I mentioned, we have five daughters. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're ages 7 to 17. So I have some older ones mm-hmm. that can help significantly with yeah. the meal. And then I have younger ones. But that, that hasn't always been the case. Mm-hmm. Um, it, sometimes in the beginning, just with younger ones, you can have them just be prepared to greet the person at the door. Yeah. I mean, just to open the door, let them in, tell them where to go. Um, you can have them... Um, Tidy up the house. That's kind of a whole family <laughs> kind of a job. Everyone needs to pitch in. So tidy in the house. In fact, we have a chore chart for all of our girls just because we have such a busy house. And yeah. one of the columns is specifically for when we have people over. So they know what they need to do to contribute right. to get the house in order. Um, right now I have children that pretty much always make the desserts now. I rarely have to think about that um, or another portion of the meal. In fact, I think my oldest could easily host a meal without wow. <laughs> without a problem at all. I was out of town once, um, and she she did the main portion of our care group meal and, yeah. and did that. So, um, so uh, setting the table, serving up desserts, and bringing them to the guests. Um, considering how so. Sometimes when children are coming to your home, one of the things that you can delegate to your children is say, all right, so-and-so is coming over. What do you think they would enjoy to play with? Why don't you go collect some things? And that's learning to be hospitable out of their toys or out of um, just remembering what it was like to be little if they're a little bit older and seeking to cultivate a hospitable environment for the younger people. And that's really helpful. And then um, we have children who play the piano, so occasionally they can serve by playing and we sing hymns occasionally. So, but um, I do have five daughters, like I said. Um, and recently I was starting to think, oh, I wonder if our girls are gonna grow up and think about hospitality being a burden mm-hmm. because of all of the work it involves and all. Mm-hmm. And there is sacrifices. There's all sacrifice to any time you minister. Mm-hmm. You're, you're having to give up things and pleasures and time. And I was comforted because it was actually the daughter who primarily does the dishes and so thinking she might be you know not as excited Mm -hmm. she's never said she wasn't but we were driving along one day on a little date and she said she was thinking about the kind of house that she would want to have one day and she Mm -hmm. said well it doesn't have to be a big house it just needs to have really good space that can host a lot of people and so that comforted my heart when I was thinking oh I hope this isn't remembered as a burden to them so anyway that was sweet. sweet And sometimes I even think that they have more of a hospitable nature than I do. They are, 
I would say daily, they're saying, is anyone coming over? Or And we don't have people over daily, but they they want to give suggestions. We should have so-and-so over. Have we had them over yet? Could we have them over? And I mean, I, I can't even keep up with their desires for having people over. So I'm thankful that it's a family value that they have all seemed to embrace. When hosting large groups, how do you provide the meal? So... Currently, we have a pretty large care group. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's well over 40. It's wow. probably about time to, to start a new care group and divide off a little bit. That's a little sad to think about. Um, but when I just the pattern that works for us now is that we have a meal at six o'clock and then we have our discussion at seven. Mm-hmm. And around on Sunday, we meet on Wednesday. So on Sunday, I send a menu out to the women of our care group mm-hmm. um, and just tell them what I'm going to provide and give ideas of things they could bring or leave it open to them to bring whatever they want to bring. Um, and we have about six to eight different meals that we rotate. Oh, um, and we actually have people with gluten and dairy mm-hmm. and nut allergies. So pretty much all of these staple meals are easy for them to find things to eat. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep it simple where people are just bringing a component. Like if I make shredded barbecue, mm-hmm. um, somebody brings the buns, somebody brings some coleslaw. It's just it's a one little component to the meal. Um, so that it's not everyone making a, a casserole or something right. that, and, and those are good and we may try those sometimes, but I try to keep it simple because it is midweek and it is difficult to, sometimes to get some things cooked. So we provide usually the meat, mm-hmm. um, the main part of the dish, and then drinks and paper goods, and then everyone else provides the rest. And honestly, I never stress over it. I don't know if I, we just have a good care group, but they just all pitch in figure out what to bring and I don't stress about it and it's always a feast. So it's it's actually easier to host my care group than it is to host an entire meal because yeah. I'm not making all the components. Right. So yeah, it's good. We were a part of your care group when we first moved down and I didn't even realize how many people were in it until we all lined up to, for the meal and it was wow, there's a lot of people here, but it didn't feel like it. There was no stress. And you're there with your girls just watching like the buffet line and everything was just so relaxed. And it was like, wow, this works really well. They have, like you have the system down where it just, everything flows really nicely together. And so I've always remembered that because I miss being part of your group. And the mm-hmm. <laughs> but they do, their mm-hmm. care groups just grow mm-hmm. so much and mm-hmm. we split off and, it's sad, but it is a wonderful thing to know that mm-hmm. we are growing. Yeah, and when we host Sunday guests, mm-hmm. usually, um, usually I may have about twenty is usually how I like to keep it at. Mm-hmm. We found that too much more than that, and we don't get to actually interact much with. Right. And it's usually to um, invite new people into our home, oh, and good. so if there's more than twenty, we kind of feel like. My husband has said, that's about all I want to do in order right. to be able to visit with people meaningfully. So we usually keep it around that. But I do end up planning a whole meal. And sometimes they're the same care group meals. Like I said, I don't okay. try to do crazy new things very often. We just kind of stick with what works and um, that has easy prep and can be prepared ahead of time. So I'll pre- plan to prepare the whole meal. And it may seem expensive, but it 
you know, it really, it really isn't too bad. Usually you can do it pretty mm -hmm. economically. And if one of the guests offers to bring something, mm -hmm. I, I try to have like a part of it, like, oh yeah, some watermelon or that something that would be easy to bring. But yeah. if they don't, it's no problem because right. I plan for it. Yeah. And it, yeah, it goes pretty smoothly, but and we just put it in our budget. And so it's yeah. not. So that answers how the often you host family. So does it seem like usually Wednesdays and Sundays are the time where you're hosting a lot of families at your home? I would say that would be the case. And the, um, the more we do Wednesdays and Sundays, it seems like the less we do like a Friday night meal, just for the yeah. rhythm of life. We just need to have other days to get other things accomplished. Right. And with five homeschoolers, we just have a lot of things going on. So, but we do enjoy that, having it on other nights of the weekend, especially if we know of someone who can't do a Sunday. We yeah. really try to do it on another night. Our church right now, as you know, is growing, but yeah. a lot of people drive from far out. So yes. that is one of the other reasons we've chosen Sunday, because they've already maybe driven 45 minutes to church. Right. And I'm going to capture, you know, that, that time with them while they're already in town. But I've made um, a document in this past year. I don't know why I didn't do this sooner, but it's like my main meals that I make and it tells how many people it serves. So I'll be like, okay, so I need 10 pounds of potatoes. I just don't want to have to rethink about that every time. And so four pounds of green beans, 10 pounds. Like I'll just put what is best and this serves 25 people. And so then it's not like I have to rethink that every time I can just it takes a little thought to plan because I'm just pulling out something else worked before. That's such a good idea. I might have to get that list from you <laughs> if you would be willing to share. Yeah, that would be, I've never thought of doing that. I've just thought of the meal and like, well, I guess I'll just double it. <laughs> yes, and that <laughs> works from there, too. But and I do that sometimes too. It would be nice to have a list of just, okay, this would be this many people. So yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to get that mm -hmm. list from you. Do you ever feel burnt out from the amount of times that you host during the week? And how do you overcome that if you do feel that? Right, yeah. Um, so I'm going to go back to that book by Rosaria Butterfield. She has a statement, which the book is a great book to to give you a heart for what hospitality can accomplish in the lives of people. They, they have hospitality nearly daily. Wow. Um, they, they plan to have someone almost every evening, which we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I would, will ever do that, but it's a beautiful book to see how, she, that how hospitable they are. But one of the, I was thankful that at the end of this book, after I saw just the wonderful service that they were doing, that she makes a statement that, um, the pace of showing hospitality should be set by the one who feels the most frail. So if hospitality should never divide a family, it should make us stronger in Christ. And if hospitality becomes a point of contention, something is wrong. You should stop and reevaluate, pray, map out your goals and values, and be a team in doing it. Mm -hmm. So touching on, do you have burnout? Um, that sometimes my husband or I might be more frail, depending upon whatever mm -hmm. else is going on in our yeah. life. And so we defer to the other person mm -hmm. to make sure that, the weakest person is okay with with whatever is happening. So, and we take turns. Sometimes it's him, and sometimes it's me. But yeah. we try to be sensitive towards that. Um, and we don't. We try to host every week, but um, we don't always because sometimes there's other good things that host out that that come in the way of hosting on Sundays. So, and that's okay. We don't, you know, we don't push through and make it happen as for our principal's sake. Sometimes we. Yeah. We don't have it, but um, 
I remember at the beginning of COVID when everything was very locked down and no mm -hmm. one knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. There were probably a couple months or more where we didn't have anyone over and that mm -hmm. was different for us. Yeah. But I noticed that I became a lot more self-serving mm -hmm. in those months and I had to reacclimate back into it. And I noticed how I had to put off that self, mm -hmm. you know, the, the selfishness that I may have let breed a little bit right. when we weren't trying to serve others as often. But often on holidays, um, we haven't always lived near family. Mm -hmm. um, and so we would include people who we knew wouldn't have family around mm -hmm. and start to make traditions with them on Christmas and Thanksgiving and Easter. And so using those holidays. Um, and then often when we invite people over, like I said, we have maybe about 20-ish. Well, not every time, but sometimes we'll think, well, who would be a good friend to this person? Or who would they get along? Who, who would they, mm. you know, enjoy getting to know? And so it's been really neat to see over the years friendships flourishing from people who've met at our table that yeah. we have just had over thinking, yeah. well, they would probably hit it off well together, like an old member of our church and, yeah. and then a newer member of the church. Mm -hmm. And then trying to match make friend, not really match make, but just give the opportunity yeah. for that to overlap. And so that's been one of the things we do. But, you know, regularity is not defined in scripture. It just says to have a heart for hospitality or, you know, practice hospitality. We just found that Sundays is a regular rhythm for our family. Mm -hmm. And um, we, it helps us because Saturday we recoup the house and we get the meal prepped and then Sunday we have the meal. Mm -hmm. And then usually the house is in pretty good order to start the week for Monday. And it's a good rhythm. But you know, five years from now, like I said, we may be doing something different. And what works for us may not work for other people. Right. But it's it's working right now. So mm -hmm. and that's one thing, um, when you talk about the holidays, our first year here, or the end of the year, because we moved like in August, so for Thanksgiving, we were alone. We didn't have family for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I was just so surprised at how many people came and asked, you know, hey, is anyone going to be mm -hmm. here for the holidays? Would you like to join our family? And I was like, oh, you know, sure. But holidays can feel so, you know, family oriented that I didn't want to be a burden of, oh, I'm coming in and mm -hmm. we're not really family and all that. But the amount of love that was there and just wanting to get to know us and it was like, wow, I would love to have a family over for holidays and just show them that love that we've been shown because mm -hmm. it was just such a blessing to our family when we really didn't know that many people yet and our family wasn't here. And, mm -hmm. and now we have Michael's family has moved mm -hmm. down, so we're able to have holidays too. But um, that was such a blessing. And also having families over for Sundays is so nice because at church, you get little conversations in, mm -hmm. which are so wonderful, mm -hmm. but it's nice to sit down and really get to know one another mm -hmm. and also get to know common, you know, hobbies or different things mm -hmm. among the group. And so I've enjoyed having meals at your house, getting to know um, many women that mm -hmm. I might not have connected with mm -hmm. for a while or like down the road because Sundays can just, it's like at church, it's always on the go. and. If you have many conversations that are wonderful, but slowing down and having those conversations with a few people. Is that just, build relationships. Yes, mm -hmm. the relationships are so needed. Mm -hmm. And I'd also say about burnout, 
Um, hospitality is a lot of work. I mean, it yeah. is ministry in the tr trenches. It's not mm -hmm. the most glamorous sometimes. Um, but though we should look to learn from other people, like I mentioned, I've learned from a lot of people, you have to really find what fits well for your family yeah. and be careful that whatever you're doing is not hindering or making you abandon the needs of your family mm -hmm. or um, any other responsibilities that you have. So I think sometimes when we get to the point of burnout, it's because we, our other plates have like right. fallen off. And we do have to kind of look at all the things God has placed on our plates as our responsibilities and be careful that we don't let hospitality, you know, take away from that. I mean, thinking like, even if you have a limited budget and you're giving all your money to make a really amazing meal for a company, but then you really have nothing to feed your family all week, that would be an example of being careful not yeah. to have things out of balance as you try to show hospitality. And I think pondering back to that hospitality versus uh, entertaining, mm -hmm. I think that's helps with burnout because sometimes we're, we pop back to just the mode of entertaining mm -hmm. and that can be draining. But yeah. um, what is our motive for mm -hmm. having someone over? Who are we trying to serve? Mm -hmm. um, whose glory are we seeking in it? And sometimes just taking those moments to consider that help us to, you know, refresh our minds, um, get, get back in the game of, of serving and not being burned out. I think it was Nancy Wilson who talked about how we need to have our home in order, our family, mm -hmm. before we add on yes. other responsibilities. Because like you said, that really does contribute to the burnout if we're hosting, but our family life isn't mm -hmm. kind of disarray and things are just piling up and it's too much emotionally and physically in your mm -hmm. home, then that's when you can be overcome with just oh, well, <laughs> everything is not going well. And so just sometimes we can take a step back and see, okay, how are the children doing? How's the house? Mm -hmm. Are things in order? And then also going, like what you said, checking on each other and who is maybe more frail at that time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, looking, okay, can we add this to our plate? And that would this be like a good thing for our family? And so that's, important too. I think about mm -hmm. that often. Mm -hmm. So what are some common hindrances and how can we overcome them? Well, I think it goes back to our viewpoint of what hospitality or how we want to engage with hospitality. Mm -hmm. Often we have a fixed mindset that says, well, these are the reasons why we can't show hospitality and they're just fixed. There's nothing that can change about them. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that, that seeks to value hospitality and says, well, let's think of creative ways to make this work. Mm -hmm. So I think having an attitude of let's just take baby steps and growing in this. And, right. and some of the hindrances are legitimate and they can't be overcome easily. Mm -hmm. So, um, but some of my personal hindrances, I'm just going to be honest, is having a clean home mm -hmm. and then, you know, having food. The food is usually easier because I do have the helpers, but we are just a busy house, mm -hmm. homeschooling 24 hours a day. We can we can mess up a house pretty easily. Yeah. Even all these girls, you would think <laughs> that that wouldn't be the case, but it is. So, um, but knowing with those being my hindrances, but also being something that serves my family, I make it a point to overcome them because mm -hmm. honestly, having company over sometimes helps push me to deal with that pile that's sitting on the edge of the 
right. coffee table or yes. something that's been sitting there for mm -hmm. a few days. So it, it's like I said, it benefits my family. Um, but sometimes we can't even think of hospitality, like you mentioned, because we need to be more faithful with the basics mm -hmm. of caring for our home and meal planning and having food in the pantry and having things prepared. So sometimes we have to back up a little bit and take mm -hmm. care of some of the, the basic needs of our home before we can um, offer something to others. Rosaria Butterfield um, says that hospitality makes you transparent to a watching world and that we should consider what habits of selfishness keep you from practicing hospitality. And she also mentions that two other hindrances she sees is pride and laziness. Mm -hmm. And when I, I was like, oh my, those are a little harsh. <laughs> but then when you think of some of the actual statements that we say to ourselves, mm -hmm. um, some of it is rooted in pride mm -hmm. or laziness. We don't want to do more work or um, selfishness. We don't mm -hmm. want to give up something. So um, some of the hindrances I've heard is I'm just not a people person. That's mm -hmm. not my personality. I'm not very social. Mm -hmm. Well, honestly, I really don't categorize myself as a social person, but um, wherever our treasure is, there our heart will be also. Mm -hmm. So I found that as I practice the habit of hospitality, I've grown in my love for people. And so it's not a chore and it's not draining. I actually grow in that love, mm -hmm. but it takes effort because it's not maybe what I would, you know, being around people 24-7 is not my mode. Also comparison, I can't show hospitality like so-and-so, so I'm not even going to try right. Um, it would be so inferior mm -hmm. and that's just pride that's mm -hmm. um, wanting to look a certain way but scripture doesn't have a standard of what it should look like other mm -hmm. than just having a hospitable heart some people might say I'm too embarrassed to have people in our home um, because it's messy I want to wait till it's perfect well I would never have anyone over I mean my it is so it actually creates humility in me to have people mm -hmm. over because my house it's always in a state of this needs to be clean now, this, but it's never all perfectly right. So right. we want to be faithful and we want to honor our guests with cleaning. And we do try to, it's even on our church chart, <laughs> but, but sometimes it's not going to look perfect. I remember early in our marriage, I would, we would have dinner guests over and we didn't do this often. Mm -hmm. And this is probably why I would double and triple check the shower to make sure there was not a hair in the shower and the people weren't even going to look in the shower, right. but there was such a, pride in my heart that wanted it to be so perfect that it probably prevented us from being more hospitable um, when I could have just let go of some of that and just been as faithful as I could and then just entrust the rest to God. So somebody might say, I don't know what to prepare. I'm not a very good cook. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that pick one meal you know you can make mm -hmm. and just make that one over and over again. When we lived in Tallahassee, Florida, it was a very hospitable community. Um, they were some amazing cooks, but often you would have the same meal at the same house. Like It didn't deviate. When we went to the Prather's house, we had spaghetti every time, but her spaghetti was amazing. When we went to the Hobbs house, we had uh, lasagna many times. Mm -hmm. um, there's times we had other things too, but they, they knew a meal that worked. Mm -hmm. And why deviate? We go to the same restaurant to have the same meal because right. we like it. So if you're not going to be going every night to have the same meal at someone's house, even once a month is not really mm -hmm. drudgery. So um, I would say just pick one meal that you know you can fix um, well and just, just stick with it. 
And I had definitely bombed some meals in the early days of trying this, thinking, oh, well, I need to make something amazing. And then it didn't work out and, and it's okay. You just move on. Or, um, when we moved to Florida, we were missing our community back here in Arkansas. And um, one, of, one of our goals was just to get to know the church. And so we had a couple little ones and it was difficult to keep everything in order. But what, we, what I would do is I would make I did this multiple times on Friday night and Saturday night. We would have different guests with the same exact meal. And Friday, I would just prep the same sides and separate dishes, uh-huh. put them in the fridge, and then bring them back out the next day, fresh dish that hadn't been touched. And then, so we just did it back to back because the house was clean and we could just have back to back company. And that was a way to quickly acclimate into that community. Um, and so that's that's one thing to double your efforts on that. Um, Rosaria says, hospitality shares what there is, that's all. It's not entertainment, and it's not supposed to be. Another um, hindrance might be, like, I'm single. I can't really have a family over. That would be awkward. Well, our family has been invited to single males' homes multiple times, especially in Florida. There was a couple guys who were hospitable, and they would have us. And those were some of the dearest. They were in an apartment. They were a little small space. But they were some of the dearest memories because they were practicing hospitality the best they could. And it was always just a blessing to be in those homes. So I would say don't don't think that that prevents you. You might say we don't have enough space. Um well, where there is a will, there is a way. I remember hearing one one lady talk who lived in California, very tiny living mm-hmm. spaces there, and she said she hosted Thanksgiving dinner, and I believe the, the table was pulled up to the edge of a bed, and you know, wow. they just made do with the space. And I, I know we've been in some tight spaces, but that just kind of makes it mm-hmm. all more cozier. So I don't know that that's, that's actually something that can't be overcome. You might think my house is not childproof and kids are picky eaters. I, this one kind of stings, but do we love our possessions more than we love souls? We have to be careful that we keep our perspective about our possessions. And then also, um, children, you know, children don't always eat your food, but it's not because they don't like it. Sometimes they're just so excited mm-hmm. that they can't eat in new places. I know I used to host these little Friday play dates. And I worried for a while to try to make something I knew the kids would like. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while, I felt like that was going to prevent me because I could see pickiness in some. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I-, I don't want this to prevent me. So I would just text the mothers and say, hey, I'm making this for lunch. If your kids would prefer something else, feel free to pack their lunch along. Oh, and then amazing. I never even looked to see if they ate because it wasn't my, the moms right. knew if that was something they would eat. And so it just took the pressure off. I didn't let it just shut down play dates. Yeah. It just, you know, it was able to go on. Like someone might say, well, I don't even know who I would invite over. Mm-hmm. I think that that could be easily. I mean, we all know people that mm-hmm. could use some encouragement. Um, I would say just make a list and just mm-hmm. start chiseling it down. And just say, I mean, just having, that's having a heart for strangers. That's hospitality, just looking and saying, that would probably encourage that person to come over and then write them on your list and then work work through your list. Um, an excuse, well, maybe when we're done with house projects, mm-hmm. we might be able to have somebody over. 
well, maybe some people are better than us, but in 22 years, we're still not done with house projects. So if you wait for that, then you will never have anyone over. Right. So that should probably not be a reason. I know this was definitely true of me. I have a needy baby and wouldn't be able to give my undivided attention to guests, especially on a Sunday or any time I would feel like, well, I'm going to have to leave the room to take care of them and then they'd be all alone. So I would um, often make sure to invite two women, like a couple that I knew that they could entertain each other if I left the room. And that took the pressure off of me to be there the whole time. Or more often than not, we just had single guys over because they didn't need my attention. They were not picky about the meal and they didn't even look at the dirty floors, you know? So there wasn't like a pressure that I put on. So sometimes it's just finding the way to go, to move forward where you're at. And, and it is hard sometimes juggling a baby. I'm not, I'm not um, saying it's not. Um, this is one that is a true hindrance. Um, my husband doesn't want to have a company come over. And as wives, we want to respect and honor and submit to that. We want to also look at the reasons why they don't want to. Mm -hmm. It could be it could be that they're uncomfortable with guests. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't know how to lead. And, you know, maybe they might grow in that. You can pray about that. It could be that they're too weary from work. It could be that um, you can think of ways to alleviate those barriers your mm -hmm. husband feels. Maybe in the past... They've done a lot of the housework and the cleaning and the cooking, and they don't know how they can add it on top, you know. So it could be that you could alleviate some of those barriers that they feel. Um, or you can be creative and have people over during the day when they're at work. You could have a play date. You could have just women over for a visit and practice hospitality that way if that's not something that your husband wants to do mm -hmm. at that time. And budgets are an area. We don't have the money in the budget for that. Um, I We found, we don't eat out a lot as a family, but when we do, I've looked at the bill and I've said, we could, pay, we could feed 25 to 30 people for this. And it's true. So that is one of the reasons why we don't eat out often because mm -hmm. it opens our budget up to be able to, to have a company meal. But... It, hospitality is a sacrifice of time, energy, and resources, and it doesn't always meet our expectations, but sometimes God brings people to minister to us and refresh us. Uh, not too long ago, I don't know where you, you might have been at my table, I don't remember who all was there, but I get a phone call from my dad and said, and he said, and my mom was in the hospital, and I had a table full of guests. And it was just actually a comfort to me that they were all there because they encouraged oh, and prayed. Wow. And so even in the midst of serving them, they were serving me. So often there's a blessing. And even recently, I remember a guest stayed for lunch and then they said, can we pray for you? And so just even the blessings that come for from our guests, there's great joy in that. So I would say any hindrances are worth looking for a way to overcome them, to take baby steps. Those are wonderful hindrances that I've heard so many that you mm -hmm. hear so often and that mm -hmm. you say yourself. A couple of them that I have thought so many times, I only know how to cook like two mm -hmm. meals really mm -hmm. well. And I feel the need of, if I'm having someone over, it's not the same person, but I need to have a new meal. I don't mm -hmm. have a new meal. But to think about, you can cook, I love to make roast. And so that's one that I fall back on often, but it's one that people enjoy 
And so that does really kind of take the weight off my shoulders that I can cook that meal. I know how to cook it well. And that could be one. And then when I find another meal that I can add that one on, but just starting with one meal that you know well, Mm -hmm. and then maybe one day adding on more, Mm -hmm. but yeah, focusing. And then that kind of takes off the stress too. I remember a lady from the church that we were at in Michigan said, you know, you you probably shouldn't try a new recipe with guests. Mm-hmm. Stick with what you know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I don't know. I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I've, tried I've done that. Before. I've right. tried my feet with many people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this, there's choice in my ear. Like, <laughs> I can hear her saying that, mm-hmm. and I should have stuck with it. Mm-hmm. But it's true to stick with what you know and mm-hmm. get comfortable with that. And that really does take a burden off of your shoulders. So. Mm-hmm. It might not be the most creative meal ever, but it's hearty, it's good, mm-hmm. and it feeds a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then the fr- Friday and Saturday night meal, that is so wonderful and creative of making, you know, a lot of the same meal and then saving it in your fridge, and then you pull it out and you just reheat it. Mm-hmm. And that I will have to just start doing that. I Health dishes. Right. You have to clean the house twice, and it's just that is that is such a wonderful mm-hmm. idea. We will definitely have to start doing mm-hmm. that. All right. Next, what are some practical steps someone could take when they are starting to, you know, want to be more hospitable to others? Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely having a growth mindset, like we were mm-hmm. talking about, not fixed, like, well, these are what prevent right. me from just saying, okay, so maybe I could do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about it. It doesn't have to be a meal. Mm-hmm. So we'll revisit that. But um, we talk about it like a meal, but it could be something even simpler than that. Right. Um, begin by praying for a hospitable heart. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have that, then you're going to pop back into that. Well, how can I entertain these people? Mm-hmm. And then there comes that burden and the dread. Like, it just is more draining when right. you're thinking about entertaining. So to speaking with your husband to see how hospitality might fit into your lives. Um, so begin by looking at natural periods of downtime in your week. Everyone can look at their week and say, you know, every Thursday we don't do anything mm-hmm. you know we just kind of hang around the house and you may have multiple days of the week but maybe narrow it down to a night that's good for you and then say let's see if we can repurpose this downtime into hospitality and i would say the biggest thing for me is you put it on the calendar and you extend the invitation and that locks you in right because you got to make true. it happen then yes um, so and then just trust god you just do it um, I've noticed several times when I probably have overcommitted us and, you know, ignorance, God shuts them down sometimes mm-hmm. and uh, um, our guests will cancel and I'll be like, oh, God, that's what, thank right. you. I don't know when I need to not do it. So you helped me. So, but sometimes just putting it on the calendar, mm-hmm. sending that invitation, and then you have, you have a countdown to that moment to make it happen. You can't not do it. Um, and as we talked about earlier, putting off selfishness and having a true love for others. When you look at 1 Corinthians 13, um, we can do a lot of amazing things, but if it's not out of love, mm-hmm. it counts for nothing. So we want to show hospitality um, out of love and uh, for the souls that God brings in our path. And I would say, you know, consider having paper plates. You know, if you, I think there's so many the spectrum. We're in a stage of paper plates right now. We even have a lot of dishwashers. 
Um, I mean, during the week, our family uses plates, but mm -hmm. for company, we usually do paper plates. Mm -hmm. um, it's just because I don't want it to become a burden and I want to be able to practice it. So this is like a preventative um, measure to help us to maintain the hospitality mm -hmm. and paper plates are just one of those nice servants that we can buy and to help us. Um, we've talked about pick a meal you're comfortable making or ask a hospitable friend you know, what are mm -hmm. some of your go-to hospitality meals? I know mm -hmm. I've done that and I've probably used some of the ones I've had at other people's homes. And start early prep if possible. I've tried different meals. Like Jimmy has, my husband has a favorite meal um, that I just don't make for company anymore because it requires me to blacken the chicken or shrimp like the second before they come in the door. And that just is not conducive to peaceable, having things peaceable. So um, it's just stressing out right there at the end. I'm not there to greet people. I like things that can be in the oven or you know, already prepared or an instant pot. So I, I try to stay away from things that have prep that has to happen right mm -hmm. beforehand. Um, and then I've even, when I had newborns and knew that I wouldn't be able to serve dessert, I've mm -hmm. gone ahead and cut them, put them on plates and plastic wrap over them. So that, I mean, this is when I had little kids mm -hmm. because I knew I would probably be caring for a baby in the back. Right. And I thought, well, then my husband doesn't have to do that. And I can just say, hey, there or it's just sometimes just that little bit of prep ahead of time and that's that can be overkill it probably was overkill for me but it was something that I thought this mm -hmm. will make me not be stressed in the back bedroom thinking if they get done and I'm not there to cut the dessert you know so I just yeah. trying little preventative measures and then I would say um make what you think you need but then if you have it in your budget make some extra because mm -hmm. we have often seen spontaneous opportunities to add someone on mm -hmm. and you want to be able to do that i've also seen where we haven't had it and i've been like oh i wish we could have extended but i didn't do enough mm -hmm. and so i usually try to have more so that at the very least we'll have leftovers the next day and they'll be great but it's it's so helpful um to be able to extend that spontaneous last minute hospitality to a new guest or to mm -hmm. someone that you just see might need encouragement and you could also um, practice on family or friends. If you say, I'm, I cannot imagine having a stranger in my house for a meal. Right. Just have someone close by, practice a meal a time or two, or have someone you really are close to and add one stranger. Mm -hmm. um, you could team up with somebody to welcome them. I know in Tallahassee, we had a, um, our house was a decent size, but for the, the gathering that we were hoping to do, it was not big enough. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lady in the church, they had a large house and they kept it clean. They had lots of children and we cleaned it. And um, she said, I am so happy to host it if you'll just do the whole meal. And so we did that a couple wow. times, two or three times. So she wasn't really into the cooking side of things, but she knew how to keep her house. So we teamed up and I hosted things at her house. So I don't know, that's a little yeah. bit of a creative way to do it. If you don't have the space you can offer to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And having a plan for the meal, but being flexible because mm -hmm. because guests will cancel. Um, uh, I remember a couple times, well, one in particular, I was, we had invited more than I had food for. And we just went ahead and did it. And I knew, I knew that not everybody was gonna eat. So I'm brainstorming what's in my deep freezer. And I'm like, you know what? 
chicken strips can go with lasagna. It's fine. And so, but see, it just, we had people over. Mm -hmm. You just don't have to have a pride about it. You just right. do it. And then everybody was fine. And I'm glad we invited them and it worked out good. But sometimes you just have to be flexible and know it doesn't have to be perfect. I've also remembered thawing spaghetti sauce out while guests were arriving like fervently, you know, like trying to, knowing I had it in the freezer, adding to the meal. And, mm -hmm. But you know, it, no one left hungry and it worked out fine. And then also just trying to make it a part of your family value. Um, that's once again, hint, passing it to the next generation. But I know even as we purchased homes, we've thought, well, how would this kitchen be conducive? Or would there be parking for people? And we rolled out homes like, oh man, we would not be able to have more than three cars there. Or mm -hmm. so we have worked to try to um, cultivate uh, an environment that's conducive to having company come over. And then, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't always have to be a meal. It could be a play date. Invite them away from a meal time, like nine to 11 or one to three and have people over and just have a play date and just work on preparing your home and receiving guests before you try to throw in food. Um, uh, I was going over some of this last night and uh, at our seminary and there was one of our seminary students and he said, you've got to mention about Jimmy's black coffee. And I said, oh, I need to do that. So Jimmy, my husband, he has a, he's very hospitable, but a while back he started having black coffee offered to men, like on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. And the first time he said, I'm having some guys over for coffee tomorrow, I immediately was like, do, do I need to make cinnamon rolls? What should I, like, I, I was like, he could just right. see me like preparing refreshments in my head. And he's like, absolutely not. It's just black coffee, what? just black coffee. I mean, and he's teased them. No, bring your sugar, bring your creamer. I'm just doing black coffee. So he has kept, and I think he does add creamer sometimes now, but he is, he doesn't, he, mm -hmm. and, and you know what? He was wise because he knew if he was going to do this regularly, he could not accept my refreshments or it would become a standard mm -hmm. and it would put pressure on me. Mm -hmm. And he likes to do it on Saturday mornings. And he knows that's one of the few mornings that I wake up and, you know, I have certain things I do, mm -hmm. but that, I did not need to add that to my plate. So just have black coffee with no creamer <laughs> offered to your guests. But I've heard though that he has some dear conversations with men there. So um, considering considering other options other than just offering a full meal might be some, some way to extend hospitality. And like I mentioned a couple times, it's gonna look different for everybody. It's gonna look different for us in five years. It'll look different for you in five years. And it's just that cultivating a heart um, of hospitality wherever you're at, stewarding what you have, you know. So. That's one thing I was going to talk with hindrances, but it goes on with prepping is my kids love their sleep. And so sometimes it can be a hindrance of, okay, we're going to go somewhere, but we know we're going to stay late and the kids are gonna be tired. And now they're at the age, my two older ones, where they can stay up and they're fine. They might just sit with us when they're tired. But I also have a baby too. And so sometimes I'll just ask ahead of time, do you have a room where mm -hmm. I can maybe just put pack mm -hmm. and play mm -hmm. and have a sound machine, you know, is that okay? And at first it was hard for me to ask that, but it was something that I knew, this is one of those things that is like kind of set in stone of, 
if I don't get this child down, it's going to be bad. There's going to mm-hmm. be screaming and crying. I'm going to be sweaty yeah. <laughs> and not being able to have conversation and then we'll have to rush out. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times now with prepping at, for our house, if we're having people over and I know they have young kids, I'll say, hey, I have two rooms mm-hmm. where we can put pack and plays. I have a sound machine or if you want to bring yours and we'll just put them away when they get tired. Don't even worry about it. And if we have people over at our house, um, my daughter, Gracie, will be like, hey, mom, can I go to bed? Could you just mm-hmm. tell them not to come in my room? <laughs> and it'll be way past bedtime. So I'll say, okay, you've lasted long enough. You know, you're able to go to bed. I'll just tell the other kids, mm-hmm. you may play in the school room or Jacob's room if he doesn't want to go to sleep yet. But we're going to give Gracie some quiet time so that she doesn't get too just exhausted mm-hmm. or Burn mm-hmm. out, Billy. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. People over. Because it is a lot for her. That is a good reminder. I need to keep my pack and play down. I It's been too many years since I've had that. I'm sure I thought about that when I had babies, but I'm glad you said that because I'm sure I have missed opportunities. Oh, well, I, I've i had the pack and play at your house, and I can't mm-hmm. I'm sure maybe Ian Beth, or maybe it was Jacob that went in there before I had her, but I remember Gracie was like, could I sleep in this bed? Oh. <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry, we, this isn't our bed, <laughs> but next time maybe I can pick a pack and play for you, mm-hmm. but the pack and plays have mm-hmm. been a big hit, so that's something that I try to have that's helpful for me, but also helpful for others too, mm-hmm. not having that, um, just, hey, you have to stay up, and your mm-hmm. baby has to stay up, it's like, no, just... Just mm-hmm. down. They're fine. We can talk for a couple good. hours. That's a good reminder to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing with prepping, I just watched, and I'll have to share it to the page, but Rachel Jankovic had um, just some practical hospitality tips. And mm-hmm. one of them was if you could find a roll, like a roll of paper and putting it over your tables for kid tables, like mm-hmm. so that they can color or whatever. And then also she even used painters those cloth drops of like oh, the cloths that are really right. big so i'll just put that on the table sometimes and then you know if something spills or whatever it's just you roll it up and you can throw it in the mm-hmm. washer and it's good for the next time and like that is a really good idea and so she had some good i need to I, I need to see that link so i will post it because up. that's one thing i didn't go, but i know she's so good at that and i enjoy yeah. listening to their sabbath what do yes. they call them? Sal- the Sabbath Sabbath yes. Or yes. Yes. Okay, yeah. Sabbath dinners. Yeah. Okay, Sabbath dinners. Okay, Sabbath dinners. Yes. They have so inspiring. I love Rachel mm-hmm. and her sister, Rebecca. Their practical tips for hospitality are just so mm-hmm. fun to watch. And they'll go kind of sometimes above and beyond of like the plates and even the napkins and things like that. But sometimes just mm-hmm. for fun, though. And I found with thrifting, I can get some nice china for mm-hmm. really cheap. And just sunny that out sometimes adds a little bit of like a flair that's mm-hmm. fun. But if it breaks, it was three dollars for a mm-hmm. set of eight of them. And it doesn't matter. You can go again and find something else. So I've kind of gotten into looking for um like cloth napkins or just different unique cups and things like that's that. That's really good. Yeah. I need to I need to branch out in that. I feel like I'm in a little bit of a rut with paper plates and napkins right now. <laughs> the paper plates really yeah. is helpful too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think that I always think, oh, well, that's only for like grilled food or hamburgers, but it really can be for anything. Mm-hmm. And it just adds that just 
extra step of, hey, Gracie, could you just throw these away? Or mm -hmm. like the kids can help with that. Of just, it's an easy cleanup and you don't have to worry about right. the dishwasher. If, it's if I have under 20 or so, I usually use plates and not plates, usually. I, I have enough plates for that. But when it gets over that, I look right. at my daughter who does the dishes and I just out of love <laughs> to say the bottom would be a little place. too high. Yeah, just for a little beauty and I just don't want to discourage her. So. Right. <laughs> well, that leads us into what should our heart attitude be when entertaining others? Well, we talked about the verse in First Peter mm -hmm. about showing hospitality without grumbling. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the heart a heart attitude that we don't we're not grumbling but Colossians 3 says whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward you are serving the Lord Christ so thinking about working as to the Lord and that's not always the first easy I mean you really have to train yourself and I'm not saying I do this every single time but to really consider I'm working as unto the Lord and I think it helps with that burnout so that what you're doing has more of a eternal value. It's just not, you know, horizontal to the people around you. You're serving the Lord. Um, and then just not having an idea of performing. It's not a performance you're trying to do, but rather just faithful obedience to Scripture. And watching to make sure your motivation is out of love for the precious souls God has placed in our path. And earlier when we were talking about, you know, this greeting people in the store and really that just comes from looking at them as souls mm -hmm. that are precious and we want to love them and um, that that's something that definitely we can all grow in um, so when we're having hospitality we want to to be warm calm welcoming sacrificial reflecting Christ likeness looking for ways to encourage our guests we want to serve them and bear their burdens, like you were mentioning, anticipating needs of ch children needing to um, lay down. And then it just, as you rub up against each other in, in a hospitality setting, you're, look, you're seeing opportunities to live out the one another's of Scripture. You know, I don't know if you've ever done a study of the one another's, but it, it's really neat. But you have to be with people in order to live them out. So that's one another heart attitude to look for serving each other um what we don't want to be is frantic you know like frazzled and fr frantic as we're anticipating guests or seeking to impress them um our family senses that in us and also our guests can sense when we're just completely frazzled or if we're um too concerned about every little thing being martha's maybe um and then making sure we never do it for reciprocation that's not what hospitality is about. It's not like I invited you, now you invite me. Like I, we don't think that, but no one should ever be like, well, no one ever has me over, so I'm not having them over. It, that's not one of the key elements of being hospitable. We don't even look for reciprocation. Um, we don't expect someone to return that. And then remembering that where your treasure is, your heart will be also. So we invest in what is important to us. Hopefully our motive is rooted in the love towards God and others. And even though I fight against overvaluing my time alone, I have found that my desire for fellowship grows because of the habit of hospitality that it has cultivated, having more of a heart for others. And I think you just sometimes have to put one foot in front of the other and just do the right thing. And then where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
So it's it's some it's just walking in those good works mm -hmm. as God shows them to you. And how does this attitude in our actions point us, point people, the people that we have a word, or who we're showing hospitality hospitality to out and about, how does that point them to Christ? Yeah, that was that's a good question. I think, and maybe you can chime in from what you think as well, we can use hospitality as an opportunity to mirror the gospel. Because as I mentioned earlier, salvation is simply just divine hospitality to strangers. Um, I think we focus on walking faithfully and worthy of our calling, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. And, you know, as people see us, hopefully they're seeing Christ's likeness. Um, they're seeing wholesome talk, not gossip. They're seeing encouragement and truth. Um, they're looking at you caring about their soul. Um, that's in our words. That's how we can maybe point others to Christ. And in our actions, I think even just reflecting Christ's likeness as we serve others, as we interact with our family and we warmly welcome them, sometimes that is screams to people when that's not the norm that we're used to. In fact, I don't think I mentioned it, but Rosaria Butterfield, she was um, a flaming atheist lesbian. Mm -hmm. And she was a professor, and I believe she was writing like her a paper or a book or something on queer theory, and mm -hmm. she pretty much wanted to destroy Christianity. And just had no, no appreciation at all for that. Um, but the way God brought her into his family was through a pastor responding to an article that she had written in the newspaper and he just inviting her over to join him and his wife for a meal just to talk about some of her ideas. He, he, they didn't invite her to church or mm -hmm. uh, share the gospel that first visit. They just said, you're always welcome at our table. And she just went time after time after time again. She was mainly going to get the research, the fuel to destroy him, you know, pretty like destroy what he stood for. But over time, just that Christ-likeness, that opening your home, that warm environment just showed her that this is different. And she even talks about how her lesbian community, they were very open their homes were open to each other all the time mm -hmm. but it was a different christ-likeness mm -hmm. that they saw that she saw in these people mm -hmm. rather than in the community that she cultivated so just really welcoming with true joy even when it might be inconvenient um, and just really having glad and generous hearts um, I, I really just would say look at where god has placed you and the resources he has entrusted to you and seek to be faithful and prayerful about cultivating a hospitable spirit. You can start small and work as unto the Lord. You can begin by looking to have a hospitable and loving heart just towards new people at your church or in your neighborhood, even just in your demeanor and conversation by greeting and welcoming strangers who God places in your path. And I think about um, the book of 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes to them, they were a thriving church, but he says multiple times, um, excel still more. Do this more and more. I know you're doing this, but do it more. Mm -hmm. And so some of us, we are practicing it, but we can look how we can excel still more and loving others deeply and um, fervently and uh, being sacrificial in our hospitality. I read a good book and I'm sure some of the thoughts I weave in today are from it, so I want to give reference to it. Um, it's a little booklet put out by Reformation Heritage Books 
called How Should I Exercise Hospitality? It's by Rebecca Van Dudeward. Van Dudeward, I think. Um, but it's just, it's like $3. Right now, it's only available as an ebook, but I think it, it may be back in print soon. They have a whole series of these little, short little booklets, and um, I read it in, in one sitting, and it was very good. Um, there were also some blog posts I read that were helpful as I was thinking about this. So, and I'm still wrestling through all the implications and applications of this. Um, in fact, in my shopping cart online, I have two more books on hospitality <laughs> that I haven't ordered yet because I'm like, I, I need to know more about this. I need to just soak in it more because I think it it bolsters me mm -hmm. and encourages me to keep pressing on when you can feel burned out sometimes. It just helps to refocus and recalibrate your mind um, towards this command in scripture that God gives us. Well, thank you, Krista, so much for going over these questions and answering them with such depth and giving the resources and all that. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me about it. So our last question is the fruit of our home, which I ask every guest is what is one of your family favorite recipes? Okay, so I was thinking more so the company favorite recipes when yeah. it is because actually most of us are tired of it. So I have to <laughs> use it sparingly now. But the, the recipe that I think it's the most compliments is my just green beans. I don't know. I think, did you bring them over? I think maybe I did. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so good. I don't know. They're, it's simple. It's just frozen green beans mm -hmm. and you have butter and garlic powder. I don't measure salt. And then I put, um, so butter, garlic, salt, and green beans. And then um, I put in just, at Sam's Club, you can get bacon pieces. Mm -hmm. And I just keep a bag of those in the freezer. Mm -hmm. I put in some bacon pieces and then I put in little sliver almonds. And make them, and I don't know, they just tend, most people eat green beans and they tend to like those. So, but we do get, sometimes they'll have leftovers. I have to be careful not to make too much because my family does not love those for leftovers every night. Um, so I just have to use them sparingly because we have loved them in the past, but because, you know, our regular side every night gets a little bit old. And then um, there's a dark chocolate brownie recipe that mm -hmm. I could put up for you if you I could give it to you if you oh, want yes. it or give it to um to share it with you um I don't have it written down but my daughter usually takes over that but that's usually a big hit and that's kind of a go-to dessert that we'll make I remember yeah when I had Annie Beth and you brought over chicken and green beans and I think there was there was cookies too like probably like potatoes too. Oh, that's like the mix. That's just what I do. <laughs> that's one of my meals. And I ate the whole container of green beans Aww. because they were so good. And usually I think that like frozen green beans have like a certain taste to it. Hmm. And these did not at all. But when you bake them, do you add any chicken broth or anything? Or it's just no. just the butter and everything? No. And, and I don't know how this can make a difference, and maybe this is the taste that you taste, but whole green beans is what I like whole to get. Because when I got the chopped green yeah. beans, or even the French cut green beans, they just don't taste as good. So maybe try the whole that, green beans. Okay, that's good. Mm -hmm. Sam's Club has them. Sam's Club, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. that's so good. And Sam's Club is such a great place to yes. get things for hospitality. Are you yeah. having people over? We live four minutes from Sam's, <laughs> yes. and I'm there a couple times a week. All the time. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Krista. Yeah. I appreciate your time and there's I've enjoyed our friendship and all the things that I've learned from you. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. That's cool. a joy to talk about this. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. If you could like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are also on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But I hope this episode was an encouragement to you on your journey of biblical womanhood. Have a blessed day.